Thursday, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Go GTS Live, the Hobbies Wipe Show. Wait, oh, Thursday? I thought it was you're, Tuesday. You're waiting for it, aren't you? What's up, Cardboard Nation? I didn't mean to throw you all off there with a different intro. Uh, what's going on, Ivan? That's okay. I just I was thrown off because you said Thursday, and I thought for sure it was Tuesday or, or Saturday. It had to have been one of those two. I think but, it's like uh, March 97th or something yeah. like that. <laughs> There's a funny episode of Parks and Rec where she accidentally schedules every meeting for March 31st. Oh, I know. I... That's not a... <laughs> She's like, I didn't know there were 30. There was a March 31st. She was... I'm like, that's, that's kind of what life feels like right now. That I love that day. show. I love that trading card set. Uh, Press Pass absolutely killed it with that. Little Sebastian was trending today on Twitter. I saw that. Did he die or something? I didn't click on it. <laughs> no, one of those new uh, online games needing all the attention was which which was your favorite Parks and Rec character? And oh, they had a list okay. of ten, and he was actually on there. Gotcha. Uh, so I'm just hoping that the cast reunites for one of those online collective sing-alongs of uh, Bye Bye Little Sebastian. <laughs> There's that show is just uh, so great. Um, I was actually Chris had Pratt someone in the, uh, in the set. No, he was not. But Paul Rudd was interestingly enough. Um, yeah, kind of a, a, a reverse because for a while, Paul Rudd had, oh, has Paul Rudd been in an Avengers set? Yeah. He's got Ant-Man autographs, right? No. I don't um, know. I got to read my own yeah. hobby guide. I can't You're, remember. You can't ask me that question. You're the one who's going to know it better than anybody. But yeah, that was kind of a, an interesting twist because yeah, Chris Pratt wasn't, but then was in, you know, a Marvel product and Paul Rudd was in Parks and Rec, but you know, not, but yeah, I actually had someone reach out to me through Facebook, trying, finding out it, wanting to know if GTS distribution had, um, inventory of that product apparently not quite understanding how wholesale distributors work yeah we're not stashing any of that six-year-old product i think um possibly well, that's seven actually, rob that's actually a question that i'm curious on and i wanted to ask you before the show but we just didn't have time so you're on the hot seat now um we're going to cover a lot of the things that coronavirus has impacted in the hobby but one thing I've already been seeing is some breakers doing some 2018 breaks, some 2019 breaks. You know, they've got some extra product just in general. Like what product do you think is out there to open in the mad rush we've had the last two or three years? You know, I, there's definitely no no prism anywhere. But are there still things to be had and deals to be found out there on stuff for us to keep keep opening stuff, feeding, feeding the habit, the hobby? Oh, I mean. Oh, yeah. Uh, GTS's inventory of backstock is uh, well documented. And there's plenty of 2017 18 basketball, 2013 14 basketball. There is plenty of soccer. There is plenty of 2018 football, NFL football. Lamar Jackson. Mayfield. There's plenty of product to keep the breakers stocked for a long, long while, even if there was to not be any new product shipping in the next couple of months. But <clears throat> I don't think that'll be the case, but yeah, I don't think it'll go on that long either, but still it's nice to know there's options and it's been fun. I, I saw steel city, I believe pulled a one of one 
Ken Griffey Jr. that I think was from an older product um, today. Of course, I'm yeah. saying that I should. Who knows what's hiding out seen. there, you know? Yeah. Hey, but let's dive into our GoGTS Live Q of the Week poll provided by our very own technical director, James Gale. And I really liked it. And it's lately there's been a lot of vintage sports on TV. Which of the major four um, looks best in standard definition, not HD? I thought that was very interesting because there has been plenty to watch. And let's see, pulling up the totals here, we have leading the way is the one I voted for. 46.6% voting MLB baseball. And the reason I went with baseball is because there's very little action in baseball. Unlike the constant movement in hockey and basketball, which... I find a little blurry in standard definition. And then yeah, as long as, as long as they're on the line, not moving NFL football looks good, but once they get going, yeah, it gets a little fuzzy. So yeah, I voted baseball. Yeah. I, I was absolutely flabbergasted by this poll because the one most obvious thing to be in last place somehow ended up in second place. I don't know what, kind of standard definition TVs y'all had, but the biggest problem with hockey for decades <laughs> was that it is not a good sport to watch in a square standard definition or four by three. I know it's technically a rectangle, but HD wide vision televisions literally changed hockey as a watch at home spectator sport. So the 20.7% of you right now that have voted hockey are literally just homers that are just voting for it. Yeah, just voting hockey. And I'm not right? arguing it's it's a great sport. In fact, it's my favorite sport to go to live, uh, un, un, unarguably. But if you put hockey or soccer in this, those are wide vision sports. It is you just created the margin of error for our future polls here. Yeah, no uh, kidding. Absolutely. <laughs> that said, uh, if we are grading the poll, uh, you know, I do also, I personally think that NBA basketball, there is something about watching it on there because again, the square is right here. You're on this side of the court and there's just something about those games nostalgia wise that I really love. Like it still comes through, but it is definitely baseball hands down baseball, you know, but yeah, basketball should not be last and hockey should not be second. Second. I agree. Ugh. I agree. Um, I would have gone baseball, basketball, football, hockey. If Just I was to, un to, to have ranked them, it sounds like you would have done the same. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Interesting. Well, if you haven't had an opportunity to weigh in on the poll, let us know your thoughts. Try not to be biased by sport. Keep in mind what the question is, which looks best. Now, which is your favorite? which looks best. And the reason the mm -hmm. poll is important is because Ivan, why? It's because we are, yes, even with shutdowns, we've got incredible product to open today and we are going to give away hits from that product to you, our viewers. You get to win stuff just for tuning in. Uh, and well, not just for tuning in, you also have to retweet because we need a place to aggregate all of our Twitch, YouTube, Periscope, all those things live stream where y'all are watching. So, um, so make sure that you follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash go GTS live, vote on the poll while you're there for some fun and, and reply to it as well. Add to the conversation. 
uh, and then retweet our pinned tweet also. Just retweet a whole bunch of stuff. But you got to be following us there because various times throughout the show, we're going to send you to Twitter in order to enter to win the prizes that we're going to have. And what are those prizes, Rob? Well, I got two bonus giveaways to kick things off. Got Ooh. a two-pack of Ultra Pro top loaders. Ooh, uh, that'll come in handy. The sleeve, penny sleeve top loader combo packs. And then I've got a four-pack for one lucky winner of Sage Football, which, as we know, has an autograph in every pack. So right away, there's two lucky winners tonight. Awesome. Um, so I will make sure that you retweet our pinned tweet with the Periscope broadcast in order to enter to win those bonus giveaways. That'll be the first first starting point here absolutely so you guys do that but in the meantime uh there is quite a bit going on in the hobby as far as news so let's take a look at some news notes and nuggets from around the hobby in a segment we like to call hobby happenings so as we've documented over the course of the last month the covid19 pandemic has had an impact on the hobby in a myriad of ways However, in all likelihood, none will be more dramatic than last week's closure of the hobby's primary manufacturing and packaging facility. Graphic Converting in Allen, Texas is the printing and packaging facility for Leaf, Sage, and Panini America. Uh, it's also one of two facilities used by TOPS. This announcement bodes the question. What does that mean for the near-term future of the hobby? The answer, plain and simple, numerous, numerous, numerous product release delays. <laughs> and a infatuation with 1718 basketball again. Uh, in greater detail on those delays, Panini released a statement related to the temporary closure of graphic converting, saying, we are still operating... However, due to a number of systems we put in place across all departments and prior to government declarations, including local and state shelter-in-place orders in the state of Texas, our business continues to operate across all departments, albeit not in a traditional business setting of sitting in a building together, but rather remotely in work-from-home scenarios and lots of interaction via video meetings, allowing us to continue to prepare and develop our collections. The statement goes on to say, <laughs> our product development, design, editorial sales, online sales and shipping, marketing, acquisitions, customer service, and accounting teams are all working remotely. We continue to develop and produce products for upcoming releases. However, due to Texas Governor Greg Abbott's executive shelter-in-place order for the state issued on Thursday, April 2nd, our third-party print facility has been temporarily halted. Lots of long sentences in that statement, but thank you for the update, Panini. As a result, Panini announced that no scheduled products for an April release will ship until further notice. Additionally, several changes have been made to the TOPS release calendar as well. Most notably is the now to-be-determined release date for the always highly anticipated Bowman Baseball. Ouch. As well as several other products. We will update this developing and ongoing story as needed and make changes to the product release calendar on GoGTS.net as they are received. So apparently this is a thing. 
The National Baseball, <laughs> sorry, the National Bobblehead Hall of Fame and Museum has reached the $100,000 mark in donations to support the American Hospital Association's 100 million mask challenge through the sale of Dr. Anthony Fauci bobbleheads. In less than a week since launching the bobblehead, people from all 50 states and over a dozen countries have purchased one, and it is now the National Bobblehead Hall of Fame and Museum's best-selling bobblehead of all time. All right. Uh, Some more good news. Sports Collectors Daily reports that the former Ohio State and NFL linebacker Chris Spielman's efforts to help those having a rough time during the coronavirus outbreak are paying off both in money and inspiration. Now an NFL analyst for Fox, Spielman pledged to sell some of his career memorabilia on eBay and turn the proceeds over to those needy families and individuals who are nominated by fans. Late last week, Spielman auctioned his 1984 Ohio State Big Ten Championship ring on eBay, where it sold for $12,000. And in that same Sports Collector's Daily article, Atlanta-based radio sports talk host Chuck Oliver learned of Spielman's efforts through the SCD story and was inspired to help some colleagues who were recently laid off. Oliver is a longtime collector of vintage cards and is listing one new item from his collection each day. The first card he put up for bid is a 1967 Topps Brooks Robinson. You can follow his auctions here. Oliver is planning to divide the proceeds from the ongoing auctions to those hourly workers who suddenly lost their income. He says he'll continue to place items on eBay each day until those workers are back on the job. You can follow him and the auctions on Twitter at KingCFB. And here's a look at a couple of online exclusive items worthy of note. First is the 2020 Historic Autographs Comic Book Autograph Avalanche Junior Edition, which includes seven autographed comic books and two non-autographed comic books as well. Most titles are of major comic book characters and related characters like Batman, Ooh. Justice League, X-Men, Avengers, Spider-Man, Walking Dead. So expect a few of these character books in every bag, the website states. The books may be multi-signed, but most are single-signed, including by artists, illustrators, and or writers. All of the signatures are guaranteed authentic by historic autographs, but are guaranteed to pass Beckett or PSA authentication. Not a bad deal for $42.99, actually. This next one, you may have missed out, like I did, because they sold out in a hurry. Fanatics Authentic sold several Zion Williamson New Orleans Pelicans autographed tickets from his debut game on January 22nd, 2020, with the inscription of NBA debut 12220. They sold out in a mere couple of hours at $1,500 a pop. However, ones like this without the game date inscription were still available at $1,200 each, and I will see you later. I gotta go get those. <laughs> Despite the challenges of operating in this current situation with the COVID-19 pandemic, things appear to be rolling right along at Heritage Auctions. 
The company issued a lengthy statement late last week saying all departments of Heritage's 40-plus auction categories remain fully operational. While other asset classes have tumbled in recent weeks, we have seen the collectibles market remain strong. We have seen an, a significant uptick in bidding activity, website visitors, and realized prices in recent weeks. Heritage conducts between 10 and 15 auctions each week, and all of our auctions since mid-March have, been, have seen unusually strong results, significantly exceeding expectations that were set before this current trouble. So that's good. Last week, we told you about the hashtag Tops Together initiative on Twitter. As we all anxiously await the return of baseball, Tops is asking you to show off your favorite Tops baseball cards with the Tops Together hashtag. Here's Tops marketing communications manager, Emily Kless, showing off her favorite PC card. Hi, everyone. My name is Emily. I'm the communications manager at Tops, and I'm a huge New York Yankees fan. Uh, one of my favorite cards in my collection is this 2015 Tops triple thread card of uh, Derek Jeter. What I love most about it is the card back. Uh, it says... Derek Jeter isn't just a Yankees legend, he's a New York City legend. Uh, truer words have never been spoken. It says DJ Day in uh, in the relic, numbered to 18. Uh, absolutely love this card. Absolutely love triple threads. Uh, we want to see your collections, so make sure to post it and uh, use the hashtag, hashtag tops together. Can't wait to see. Psst, Outlander fans. Cryptozoic has served up some scotch on the rocks. That's right. Take advantage of their stay-at-home mega sale and pick up your Outlander Jamie Frazier figure for just $20. Plus, along with that, you get promo card P4 for the upcoming Outlander Trading Card Season 4 release. Pretty cool. Definitely. Sports Collectors Daily reports that SGC says it is complying with the recent stay-at-home order issued by Florida's governor, the last of the grading companies to be shut down. But the company is still accepting and processing and shipping submission sent by shipping carriers. Director of Operation Peter Steinberg says that the company's offices are closed to the public and they're communicating only via email, support at gosgc.com and social media. SGC stated last month that it had a contingency plan in place in the event of a shutdown of non-essential businesses. And Steinberg told customers in an email that the company has made substantial operational adjustments to be in compliance with the order. It is the only one of the three major grading companies that was still processing submissions on some level. This week, the hobby lost a legendary Hall of Famer who continued to sign autographs right up to his passing. Al Kaline's Beckett catalog chronicles over 4,560 cards, including 1,621 official autographs. Of the 2,808 copies of his 1954 Topps rookie card submitted to PSA, just one has received the grade of a 10 and only 20 have received a 9. Another nearly 1,100 cards submitted to BGS for grading and SGC for grading have recorded 0 10s or wow. 9.5s and only one 9 each. Wow. It's pretty incredible. Well, our thoughts and prayers go out to Mr. Kayleen's family, and thank you for the 
years and years of entertainment for Tigers fans and baseball fans. No doubt. Well, Cryptozoic Entertainment isn't taking uh, the disruption of this season's con schedule uh, lying down. In fact, they've decided to take it into their own hands. So get ready for Cryptozoic Con 2020, a virtual event starting April 16th. The two-day live streaming con will include some amazing exclusives, giveaways, and previews of upcoming products. Be sure to follow them on Twitter, at Cryptozoic, for more details leading up to the big event. Well, Rob, it seems Beckett Grading is back to work, albeit on a limited basis. The company says it is once again accepting shipments to its Dallas offices, but warns that because of reduced headcount, processing times will obviously be slower than they had been before the COVID-19 outbreak. In a statement posted on their website, Beckett says that it will be working with a very limited staff in our Dallas offices until at least April 30th, 2020. These few employees will be following strict guidelines to keep themselves safe while in the office while trying to process your orders. During this time, please know that we will continue to have staff on hand to accept submissions that are mailed in. However, turnaround times for the orders could be slower. Hey, it's a start to normalcy. We'll take it. Definitely. Leaf Trading Cards uh, launched its latest online exclusive yesterday, which sold out in literally just a few minutes. The 2019 Leaf Jason Dominguez Red, White, and Blue autograph packs contain one card numbered to 10 or less. Hmm. Each pack costs $375, and only 22 packs were produced. Panini America's inaugural launch of the Panini Blockchain Initiative resulted in an initial wave of 100 cards selling for an average of almost $4,500 a piece, including two cards that notably sold for more than $60,000 each. Now, for this next wave, Panini America officials are offering a more traditional way to access the blockchain experience and they're using the release of 2019 Flawless Football as the delivery mechanism. As some of you may have seen, in every briefcase of 2019 Flawless Football, which released yesterday, Panini has included a bonus Flawless blockchain card in addition to the regular expected content found in each box. By scanning the QR code on that card, collectors will immediately take ownership of the respective Flawless blockchain digital card through the Panini blockchain website. The Flawless Blockchain Checklist features more than 500 unique Flawless Blockchain digital cards, each numbered to 10 or less. Unlike the initial 100 card Panini blockchain release, these cards will not have physical counterparts. But again, a reminder, they were included as a bonus to the expected content that was in each case. Once collectors claim their flawless blockchain digital card, either through the Panini blockchain site or by scanning the QR code using the Panini Direct app, they will be able to maintain ownership of the card, but also have the ability to auction the card securely on the Panini blockchain to another buyer. Interesting to see what happens with that, given the exclusive digital nature of the cards. 
Um, Sports Collectors Daily reports in this next story that a bat beloved by a promising young ball player named Lou Gehrig recently sold for more than $1 million in a private sale brokered by Heritage Auctions. Uh, the Hillrich and Bradsbury bat is one of the earliest known examples of a Garrick game use stick to ever hit the market. It was originally available as part of Heritage's Winter Platinum Night Sports Auction in late February, but didn't meet the reserve price. In the following days, an interested buyer emerged who began requesting additional information about the bat. Discussing its significance, said Chris Ivey, Heritage's Director of Sports Auctions, and its history. It was that storied past that eventually sealed the deal at $1,025,000. The name of the buyer wasn't immediately revealed. It's believed Gehrig used the bat throughout the earliest days of his career, perhaps even prior to joining the New York Yankees as a part-time player in 1923. His name is stamped on the side in block letters, Gehrig. Such bats were only issued by Hillrich and Bradsbury to athletes who weren't under contract at the time. Gehrig did not sign an endorsement deal with Louisville Slugger until after the 23 season. Be sure to read the full article on Sports Collectors Daily for more details. It's quite an interesting read. Rob, I don't know if you've noticed the hype, but it seems like there is a lot building around Michael Jordan these days, especially with so many of us trapped at home and an upcoming documentary on him airing very soon. Well, a while back, we told you about the coming of Michael Jordan-centric auction platform, MJ Authentic 23. Now, Sports Collectors Daily is reporting that the new auction portal devoted exclusively to Michael Jordan collectibles is about to launch its first event with 23 items in each of its auctions, the first of which opened today. Among the items up for a bid are a 1990-91 Bulls team-signed Chicago Stadium court piece. Oh. Yeah, look at that. A Jordan-signed personal check, a 1988 All-Star Game banner signed by Jordan, an Upper Deck Authenticated Autograph Jersey, as well as several other rare and unique items. Minimum bids will be modest on most items, according to owner Ryan Friedman, who himself is a longtime Jordan fan and collector. I just hope with all of these cool items that they up the amount in their next auction to 45 items so we can see even more cool <laughs> Jordan collectibles. As we all know, while many of us are under stay-at-home orders due to COVID-19, many others are serving on the front line in healthcare, shipping and logistics, food production, grocery. And under normal circumstances, uh, it's probably pretty easy to take a lot of these people for granted. Funny how times change and not anymore. As such, Upper Deck recently solicited nominations for a new round of genuine heroes. The first of which were revealed this week. One of the first to be recognized is Marie Pacora, a well-known collector and co-author of the hobby blog, A Cardboard Problem. Marie is an ER nurse in New York City, of all places. Congratulations on this well-deserved honor, Marie, and please stay safe. Other honorees include Madison Kelly, a 12-year-old sports fan who has made over 400 masks to share with hospital staff, EMS, and first responders. 
and Mary Scott Buck, who is making a difference in her small community in Kentucky. She's organized a group to help people find items in short supply while providing services to the community. Today, actually, UD announced three more genuine heroes, first being Kenneth Legaspi, who's a respiratory therapist who makes sure critical patients have ventilators and the care they need. Rena Deza, a doctor on the front lines in Michigan, uh, she's been doing Q&A sessions during her off hours to educate and inform wow. the community. And last but not least of this wave is Shannon Zorn, a laboratory, laboratory technologist who has been incredibly busy testing COVID-19 uh, over the last, excuse me, over the last several weeks, six to seven days a week. She's also the mother of three and also cares for two aging parents with a smile. We honestly thank uh, each and every one of these and the many, many, many other people working at Ground Zero of this pandemic. And that's a look at this week's Hobby Happenings. Whew. That was a lot. That was. That's the, I tweeted this out earlier today after you sent out uh, what we were going to be talking about. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, some things have slowed down, but man, there's still so much news so much going on. Um, you know, I love what Heritage said because I've seen the same thing on my Twitter. More activity online, more interest. Um, you know, a lot of people are using using this opportunity to organize their collections, list things, sell things, trade things. Um, and a lot of people are using their collections as a bit of a distraction um, in a positive way too. So, you know, that's why I, we're still doing the show. Yeah, I mean. Life I is going on. I even got in some hobby time this weekend. I bindered up uh, an X-Files set, a Planet of the Apes set, a um, couple other sets, collated a uh, 1960s Green Lantern base set that I picked up at auction real cheap, um, or the start of a base set, I should say. Um, so, yeah, I mean, what are you going to do? So, Rob, here's the real question. <coughs> Those Zion Williamson tickets you talked about, Yes, sir. I, I know they're not exactly a trading card, but twelve hundred bucks for the non-inscribed one. Oh, that sounds kind of tempting. It does sound a little Cause tempting because it's, it's a legit ticket. I'm curious yeah. how they got how they got tickets. Like, did I they think pick them up outside the show afterwards or the game. No, or? I, th I think uh, I think the comment you made offline was correct. You know, so many people print their tickets at home. I bet the stadium then printed tickets for those seats. That'd be my guess. Well, in LA, there's a couple of places now that don't even accept tickets. You have to just do it on your phone. And so, yeah, that's what I was wondering too, was like, does fanatics have a deal with the stadium where the stadium prints tickets that go unclaimed or what, but what's the numbering on that? I don't know. It's so hard to get anything Zion that like something sitting still in stock. I don't know. Just, just curious about it. Awesome. Throw up in the chat, too, because we've been doing this uh, quite a bit more the last couple weeks. Do you like this format where it's just like five five winners um, and Rob seems to throw in some extras for you, just dividing up the stuff, getting it out of the house? Um, let us know because it's a whole lot easier on me, let me tell you, instead of having to write five different guys' names and combination platters. So, so I like it. I'm voting for it, Rob. But, you know. 
always like to get some engagement and feedback other than just, wow, those are awesome cards. NFL card, I want them all. Well, of course, we all want them all. <laughs> one winner. One winner takes all. But then we only have one winner instead of, you know, giving all 200 people seven or eight or nine or ten chances. So, um, oh, Foxbull330 in the Twitch chat just gave us some incredible, incredible information. That Mercury Morris, Rob, I don't know if you noticed this. It's an eBay one of one because the Dolphins won the Super Bowl in the 1973 season and it was number 73 out of 75. Interesting. Yeah. And so if you think about it, that's probably more rare than a number to 49 or a number to 25 because they couldn't have 73 on that card. So interesting. Yep. So let's uh So let's just keep that and sell it as an eBay one of one. Let's get that uh and right. don't forget to check out the poll as well. Yeah, let's uh if you update have not that already. You should have when we first started the show, but let's see where it's at, right? Uh, another 50 or so people weighing in and still baseball leading the way at 45.9%. Football's jumped up to second place. I respect all of you so much. <laughs> all right. I'm, uh, I'm going to take a picture of this Mercury Morris card. Very much appreciated. So NFL is up to 21%. Hockey has gone down to third place, but basketball has also seen a jump from our new voters up from 12% to 15%. So, all right. That makes me happy. Just shows that uh, we have some people that can think for themselves out there and do exactly as I tell them. Good job. <laughs> all right. We have something really fun for you guys up next. Um, Kim Coates. Uh, actor Kim Coates is one of my favorite actors. Uh, I loved him in um, Sons of Anarchy. If you haven't seen uh, the Netflix series, there's two seasons out now of Bad Blood about the Phil Rizzuto family up in uh, Montreal, Canada. Uh, widely regarded as the sixth family. Fascinating mafia story. Uh, but he's also, he was also the coach in one of my absolute favorite sports movies, both Goon 1 and Goon 2. Hmm. Several That's years right. ago, Kim Coates and sat down with our very own Russ Cohen, and this was the kind of uh, content we had available during the old Cardboard Connection radio days. So I kind of did a, uh, a throwback Thursday kind of thing and put this interview together in a video format and hope you like it. So check off, uh, check this out as Russ Cohen goes off the post with Kim Coates. We'll be back. Hey, Kim, thanks for doing this. Appreciate it. Hey, man, anytime at all. I mean, you know, it's never too early and it's never too late to talk hockey, right? I mean, just bring it. Why, why not? Yeah, and I appreciate that. I, I mean, I... I that's what I do pretty much for a living. I'm a hockey writer. I've got a show on Sirius. And, and, but I love a good hockey movie, and, and I've seen them both. And I really like the second one. But I'm curious, to, to play a coach, who do you draw from? Who, is it an NHL coach? Is it a junior hockey coach? Like, where did you get the, uh, you know, the, who did you draw it from? The, the little inspiration, like what, what yeah. color was my underwear stuff? Yeah. 
I, you know, you, I, I looked up your show. Your show's great, by the way, brother. Keep, keep doing it. And Thank I, you. I, I love what you write. And I, 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 you know, being Canadian, being born in Saskatoon, proud Saskatchewan, you, you, you come out of your mother and they give you a little hockey stick right away. Uh, that's what I was told. I think my mom still has it. But <laughs> boys get a little hockey stick. I'm not sure what girls got back in the day. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm 115 years old now. I look really good for my age. You do. But hockey... Is, is part of your life when you're from Saskatchewan, and it always will be. So when I got offered the first Goon movie, you know, Michael Dowse had directed the first one, and we talked, and, and, and Jay Baruchel, who wrote the first one, and stars in both, as you know. I, I, I called a guy called, his name's uh, Bill Hockey. Not spelled hockey, but A. It's a different spelling. Okay. And he was a coach for the Canadian team over in Europe for years and years and years. And and I, I, I talked about everything and, and where they put their pen and, and what they thought about the night before the game and what, what booze did they drink and, and this, that, and this, that, and the other. And honestly, from watching Tortorella, um, you know, his look, his little goatee and, yeah. and the way he, he hangs with the press, I, I drew from him. I drew from, from, from Bill Hockey and, and just my own life when I stopped playing hockey. Seriously, I was like probably 16. 15, 16, you know, if you don't make it to the junior A level back then, yeah. when you're 15, 16, the mid- certainly the midget level, if you don't make it, then you know you're not going to play for the NHL. So I I, uh, I love watching coaches, man, and I had some great ones myself when I was growing up. So I think I drew a lot, or a little from a, a lot of sources, really. Yeah, it makes sense. Now, did you get into any fights in, in midget hockey? I did. Um, I think probably I can count the street fights I had on one hand. It wasn't a ton. And when things, oh, Kim Coach, you're such a tough guy. And well, yeah, I am. But I, I didn't, you know, I didn't, I didn't grow up fighting all the time. But on on skates, that's where my scars in my face came from. I mean, I was a defenseman. I was solid on my skates, had a pretty good shot, but I just didn't have that 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 level of of talent that that the boys who, who continue on had. I was solid, but yeah, I fought all the time. Okay, and so with this movie, you you literally had the Mount Rushmore of goons in it. Like, I don't know if you could have done any better for some of the uh, the real hockey players you got. What was it like to interact with those guys? It's it's you know. Jay Baruchel, right, who is the champion yeah. of this movie, to write it, to direct it, to co-produce it, to get those boys to come to set, and, and they, they all dropped in and had little cameos here and there. But honestly, I, I'm i lucky enough in my travels and in, in, in my career now, I, I know a lot of the players, and I, I, I go watch a lot of the players. The Red Wings are my team, but okay. I, I love hockey, period. So to have the real guys come to set like that, uh, it's 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 mind-blowing how, how good they are and how good they always all are. With, even when they pack it up, you know, yeah. you, you just just watch them skate, right? You know, you, you cover hockey. Yep. It's a whole different level. When, when those boys put the skates on and, and, and watch them glide on, on the ice, it's, it's, uh, it's why hockey's number one to me, really. Yeah, no doubt. Now, will you get to the new arena in Detroit this year? Are you going to try? Yeah, I'm going to. I mean, I was I was so wine and dined by the entire uh, Illich family when I went to uh, Detroit 
in January before he passed away. Okay. Uh, by his family, I, I, I was able to see, I'd never been to the Joe, and oh. so I went in January and saw the, the Leafs play and got a tour, obviously, of the entire old building up in the Raptors dressing rooms, met, 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 met my, met, met my wings and met some the Leafs and Babcock used to coach, yeah. uh, met him too, and saw the game. Anyway, uh, I couldn't go to the new arena because they wouldn't let anyone actually go in there because still building it, but yeah. it's going to be something, eh? I mean, Caesar, Caesar Palace, little Caesar Palace is going to be something else. So, yeah, you'll go. I'll go. I can't wait. Now, are you a guy when, when you're not on the set, will watch Hockey Night in Canada? And if you do, what do you think of Don Cherry these days? <laughs> Look at you, Ross, pulling out the hockey net in Canada. I just love it. Uh, Don Cherry, you know, he's he's crazy, but he's so he's so Canadian. He's so he's, he's from a different era, right? Yep. And he he loved and loves the toughness of the sport. And he's the kids and can't wait for a coach's corner with McLean, who's a good buddy of mine. Okay. I uh, I watch hockey as much as I can. It, it, and, and you know, I mean, it's, it's tough to watch. But, well, not tough, but that's the wrong word. But when you go through 82 or 84 games, whether it's basketball yeah. or hockey, it's a long season. Yeah. And it wears on these guys. But when it, when it comes to playoff time, it's a whole different jolt of energy. Yeah. And to, to, to shoot, you know, to shoot Goon 2. After the first one, we had to wait till some of us were available and Jay had to finish writing it. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad we shot a second one because like you said at the beginning with Slapshot, I mean, we, we uh, anytime you're compared or at least in the same sentence as Slapshot, which is, you know, arguably the greatest, certainly the greatest hockey movie of all time, maybe sports movie of all time, certainly in the top five, six, I think. So whenever you're compared to that or that comes up when they're talking about Goon, you, you know you've made a pretty funny movie, I think. Yeah, and, and the thing that you've got over Slapshot in a way is, like, Slapshot 2 was really nothing, and they, there was no Newman. It, it really was was not the same. You have been able to, you know, Barishaw was able to maintain the cast. Liev Schreiber came back. I mean, you know, that's a guy who really had no hockey background before, and now you look at him and you would swear he knows everything about hockey. Like, he's totally believable. Isn't that the freaking truth? I mean, Liev worked so hard on his skating and his look and that whole Dave Schultz thing and with yeah. the Broad Street bullies and, and, and his, you know, mustache and his mullet and his, him on skates. I mean, he never stopped skating. And of course, I'm playing the coach, but I never stopped skating. We'd play hockey in between. When it was lunchtime, we'd, we'd turn the nets upside down and, <laughs> and we'd skate with sticks and pots and play hockey back and forth. And God, it was fun. It was such a fun shoot. And you're, you're right, to get us all back is a bit of a small miracle. You've been touched by the fist of God. What number you want to wear? 69! Take the number 69! It's hilarious! Is that number taken? My brother, he wants to offer you a contract. You're not here to play hockey. You're here to fight. Wasn't that fun? I thought it was pretty cool. Uh, so yeah, if you haven't seen Goon One or Two, be sure be sure to. <laughs> You've got plenty of time. Um, all right, let's take a look at uh, new products releasing next week in uh, the segment Hot in the Shop. There's only two of them. Kick things off with 2019-20 OPG Platinum NHL hockey cards. 
which is going to deliver one hard-signed autograph card, six retro cards, nine parallels, including two numbered parallels in every box. It's a beautiful set that offers some of the season's first hard-signed rookie autograph cards, each on a radiant platinum cardstock. This is an overtime wave three pack eligible product for GTS customers. Uh, rookie autographs are seated one in 33 packs. Uh, look for eight different parallels. Retro red autos, one in 160 packs. Best in the world, hobby exclusive, one in 1600 packs. Calder front runners. Rainbow Auto Parallel, one in 800 packs, also a hobby exclusive, and Thrilling Finishes, one in 800 packs, as well as that being a hobby exclusive. Chase four different parallels for retro cards in every box. Other insert cards include Best in the World, Calder Front Runners, Thrilling Finishes, and many more. The 200 card base set includes 10 different parallel versions and consists of 150 veterans and 50 marquee rookies. Also releasing this week, uh, and I apologize for the lack of images here, but bear with us. Uh, there is some football cards. That's right, 2020 Tops XFL Football Trading Cards is going to feature a 200-card base set dedicated to the top players and coaches from the newly launched XFL Football League. Also look for three on-card autographs in every hobby box. So that's pretty exciting. Uh, the value box configuration has one autograph and 20 retail packs. So again, 200 base cards as well as all levels of parallels. Inserts with stars of the XFL, a lineup of the league's most promising talent. Before you yell at me and say, well, how do you know who's a star? Well, they're the promising ones. Come on. This has been a cool league to watch unfold, and hopefully it, it uh, continues after we get back from this, uh, providing more exciting football action in the offseason for football fans. Uh, look for, of course, gold-numbered one-of-one autographs as well. XFL football cards from Tops. Boom. Booyah. All right. Uh, Upper Deck has been doing some interesting video snippets called in the spotlight in this next one we go in the spotlight with upper deck artifacts one of the first premium releases of the calendar year in nhl hockey check this out and then we'll be back to announce tonight's prize winners hey it's chris from upper deck uh had to get out of the house and it's good to be out here feeling some nature but i'm ready to get back in because i'm a little freaked out and uh definitely want to check out some cards that we're gonna put in the spotlight. We're talking about artifacts. This is one of the first premium releases of Upper Deck of the year, and it's got some really cool content in it. People love the Rookie Redemptions, people love the Aurum inserts, uh, folks love the patch cards, and believe me, we've got some cool patch cards. What people really get excited about are hard signed autographs. Sometimes they'll say that label autographs are just for kids. Hey, I like labeled autograph cards. But for me, I think it's really cool that the Upper Deck team has come up with these hard signed autographs of veterans and legends, which make artifacts 
a product we want to look at in the spotlight. Honored hopefuls and honored members are beautiful black acetate hard signed autograph cards with rainbow foil on thick cardstock. You're looking in the honored hopefuls set for players like Austin Matthews, Connor McDavid, Henrik Lundqvist, Henrik Zetterberg, Pavel Datsuk, Larry Robinson, Mario Lemieux, Mark Messier, and many, many more. Esteemed endorsements are beautiful, hard signed acetate cards with white cardstock. Again, that rainbow foil on the front really makes them pop. And in this set, you're looking for some legends and veterans like Brett Hull, Connor McDavid, Guy Lafleur, Joe Thornton, Mario Lemieux, Paul Coffey, Jack Eichel is seen here, and many, many more. These are an awesome addition to any collection. How about some hard signed patch autograph cards? Behold, admirable impressions. These on-card autographs also include a stunning Game News jersey patch. And they feature athletes like Brock Besser, Jack Eichel, John Tavares, Marc-Andre Fleury, Steven Stamkos, and more. Numbered to just 24 copies, these cards are an instant sensation. If you love hard-signed autograph content to the game's best stars, check out Artifacts and try to track down some of these beautiful cards. All right. Thank you, Chris. All right. To give you guys an idea of what we have to look for next week, uh, we will have an interview with Upper Deck's CEO, Jason Mashera. We will take a look at Topps Gypsy Queen and WWE Road to WrestleMania as well as Onyx Vintage Collection. All of those are a for sure, and maybe something else will show up. Had a conversation with Tracy, who's going to try to sneak in the office, and sneak out and hook us up. But in the meantime, thank you for uh, to Tracy Hackler for having provided doubles of the boxes that we looked at tonight, or we wouldn't have maybe had anything to open. And, um, yeah. To James Gale behind the scenes, for Ivan Lovegren, my partner in crime, I'm Robert Trand. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode of Go GTS Live, the Hobbies web show. In the meantime, practice social distancing, stay at home, and most importantly, always be collecting. Good night, everybody. Have a good weekend.